Hey everyone, my name is Phil Santer and I'm on the Spark team leading our business development efforts. This was our fifth year doing TechTrack and we did something a bit different this year. We partnered with the Ann Arbor District Library to record some conversations live during TechTrack. This conversation features Lisa Sauvey of Synecdoche Design and Mike Lorenzano, who is the CTO and co-founder of Clink. Clink had a, just announced a fairly large Series B investment that they had received from some VCs that they're working with. Uh, and I really like take Mike's take on the importance of network over just capital when it comes to uh, taking on venture capital, and then also a bit about how Mike views Ann Arbor. We're live. Okay. We are live. <laughs> we are live. So it. This is an interesting mashup that we got to introduce to do this podcast interview together because we're working together right now as Clink is growing. Correct. Correct. So we, are, we are growing. You are growing yes. rapidly. Um, I want to go back before we talk all about growing is getting a little bit of foundation about Clink. So you guys are both working in the private sector developing uh, product and uh, services as well as in the institutional sector with research. Yeah. So can you explain a little bit about the, that balance and who's involved in what? Sure, sure. So um, the, academic, uh, the academic environment is uh, quite a different one, actually, than the private sector and, the, and then, you know, actually building things that people are going to use. Um, one of the really... Uh, I, we founded the company when we were all academicians, Really, uh, you know, we were focused at the time on solving some solving some interesting research problems. Um, I was actually a PhD student when we founded the company, and uh, as a as a PhD student in computer science, you're, the only thing you care about is publishing papers because that's what it takes to graduate and get the hell out of there. <laughs> and the so we were focused on so one of my co-founders and I, Johan Hoswald, uh, we were working with our advisors, Jason Mars and Ling Jateng, on a particular set of problems when it came around intelligent virtual assistants. And we were focused, we, we, we really wanted to understand how these systems behaved, what were they, what were they like, and what were production systems like, how could people, you know, how, how would people use them, um, and what, what kind of like, what kind of, uh, you know, kind of hardware and other, and like system support was needed for them. Um, we couldn't, we really grappled with the problem of trying to find you know, find software that we could use and, and expertise that we could use to actually study that problem, and we couldn't find anything. And so we ended up creating uh, our own, so we ended up uh, building the world's first intelligent virtual, open source intelligent virtual assistant at the time. Um, and by doing that, so we, 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 were just, we, were just, we just wanted to, you know, give this away to the, give something away to the world and publish a paper about it and really, you know, offer other academicians and practitioners this piece of software that they could use to play with, to study things, and you know, just just to enjoy. Um, what happened at the time was that we, you know, we published the paper, we released the software, and we ended up, you know, we started getting tons and tons of emails and other kinds of outreach, and you know, this this ranged from you know Fortune 5 companies to you know dentists in their garage that are just like. Oh my God, this thing is so great. We could do, you know, we, I want to build. So I could build X, Y, or Z with this. And we really, uh, we really looked. We looked at that and we said, Oh, there's, you know, there's just, it's there's such a clear, you know, market, market mm -hmm. need for something like this. So we, you know, we we started the company and uh, really decided to try to take that piece of software, that idea, and really do something with it. Make a, you know, kind of 
have, have that academic kind of impact, really have that software out there that people can study and, and kind, of, kind of teach the community something, teach the academic community something, while also, you know, and then go on and, uh, you know, make an impact in the market and, you know, bring economic value to the world. So you saw a problem in solving a problem and created a solution yeah. for solving problems. Yes. And then, yeah. and then you went to, to market and you went into the, into the kind of private sector. Yeah. And you to get the hell out of, you know, academia is, you know, an exit strategy to finish your PhD. So I guess for all four <laughs> of you, right? Yeah, I um, did, Before kind of all of this serendipitously happened, did you actually, were any of you planning on starting a tech company? Or were you planning on being more involved in the academic side? I was definitely not planning on starting a tech company. Even when we founded the company, I thought to myself, even today maybe, I think that it's like, it's this crazy dream that you're not really sure if it's real and it's going to work. Yeah. Um, and it certainly was the case when we founded the company. I was like, oh, I, th I, I want it to be, I wanted to be an academic. I wanted to, you know, I was, my whole life was geared around, you know, my work life was really geared around lining up interviews at the top schools on the West Coast and, you know, like some of the really, you know, like the mm -hmm. Stanfords and the, you know, UC San Diego is a school I went to and yep. it's, a, it's, a, it's a city I really enjoy. And so I was working hard to like get my resume and my, and my network to the point where I could actually do that kind of thing. Clink was, Clink at the time was just uh, like, oh, something, this is something I can do to hang out and keep myself busy while I'm finishing preparation and graduating. Um, it turned out to actually be really, really interesting and challenging and meaningful in a way that I didn't expect at, 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 at step one, which, nice. is really, which is really cool. And then you're still working, you're a research fellow? I am a research fellow at the university. And yeah. two other co-founders are assistant professors? They're assistant professors, yes. Yeah. So Jason, Mar Jason and Lingja are still professors at the university. I'm a research fellow. My, I, we, so we collaborate together in, in a research lab uh, where we still study, you know, study important problems in our, in our area and still try to, ha still, I think it's an important, um, you know, I, I think of acad a the academy as sort of being, um, sort of being uh, like, a like a service uh, almost. Um, it doesn't pay that well. It's, mm -hmm. it's really interesting mm -hmm. and it's, some, it's, it's a way that you can uh, sort of focus on problems that aren't necessarily attached to very, very concrete monetary or business problems um, in a way that you know, is farther out into the future than you, can, than you can kind of do reasonably in the private sector sometimes. So it's a, really, uh, it's a really useful outlet for some of that energy because it is a little bit, it is certainly different than mm -hmm. uh, running a business and you know, running a tech company. Mm -hmm. So then th the research that you're doing there does it commingle at all with Clink, or it's separate work most of the time? Yeah, it, it mostly ends up being uh, it mostly ends up being separate work in kind of in, in some related areas. So um, I mean, we have to be of course you know we have to be careful not to commingle them. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, uh, you know the IP that we generate in Clink and the IP that's generated at the university are these are two different uh, yeah. two different things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then talk to me about uh, you've got a lot of research accomplishments accomplishments within Clink itself, right, that you've yeah. been developing? Yeah, so um, we, we, do st we, we, have, we, we do have a research la a group in, in Clink. Uh, we call them our core, core AI team. And really that's the, like most R&D groups, they're really some of the kind of core innovations in our product are sort of, are kind of coming out of that team. 
we take the approach in Clink of having a very sort of product-focused research uh, approach where mm -hmm. we want to take, we, we actually look at pro things that we hear from customers, things that we, problems we see in our product, you know, challenges we see in our product, and actually, you know, take those as, you know, set those up as challenges for the research team to, to, to think about. And so we, you know, that, that's one of the things that drives our research. Um, but one of, the really, one of the real areas that we've focused on a lot in the last couple of years is around uh, data collection and data management. Uh, so we, if for those who don't know, Clink, uh, Clink, our main flagship product is a conversational AI platform. So it's something yeah. that you use to configure and build conversational experiences that you might put in front of, uh, you know, a, 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 some end, your end users. Mm -hmm. um, and so one of, the one of the things that you have to do when you're creating system, AI systems is have training, you need, you need to construct training data sets. Um, mm -hmm. And so this is a really, it's a really, really important step. And it's something that's actually really, it turns out to be difficult to do it well. It's kind of time intensive and laborious. And it's really one of the, it's really one of the, one of the kind of big levers that you have in terms of making, making it easier and more efficient to do, to build great conversational AI. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the areas that we focus on a lot as like, in, in that research group. And we take, yeah, we take the approach of, you know, we want to, we want to publish our work at the, at the places that people actually read it, which is the, you know, the kind of the, the premier mm -hmm. um, natural language processing um, conferences mm -hmm. that are out there. So um, we just had a team come back from the North American Association for Computational Linguistics Conference of North America. Uh, they came back uh, last week, so present, and they had, they had presented some work there. So, so that's like a, it's an interesting level of transparency that you have to kind of share this knowledge to mm -hmm. develop in a way where yeah. tech companies typically hold hold their uh, you know IP pretty closely. So what's what's even that balance? Because it sounds like you guys really do want to encourage the entire market to just evolve and develop. Well, I mean, so there's a number of, well, there's, to be clear, there, there are certainly things that we, we don't publish everything, yep. for one, but, uh, <laughs> so there is, there is some, there's some aspect of trade, kind of, of trade secrets that sort of can, yep. can help, it's called the moat in, 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 a, in a tech company, your, your moat is the, is the, kind of the, the gap between your technology and your competitors. Um, this uh, one of the ways you, so the thing, the interesting thing about, uh, about technology, especially this area in, in artificial intelligence is that it moves really, really quickly. And so we, you know, if we publish a paper today, it's something that we, we, we worked on, we started working on, you know, maybe 15 months ago, mm -hmm. sent it out, like, you know, convinced ourselves that it was worth doing, worth doing and actually viable maybe nine months ago, sent it in for publication six months ago and is in our product now. And it's gonna take some one of our competitors a year to, to rep replicate it if, if they choose to. Yeah. And we've already done the next iteration of, mm -hmm. of, of innovation. Uh, and so you find that in a, such a fast moving field, publishing, your, publishing a lot of your, a lot of your special, some of your special sauce doesn't actually, uh, doesn't actually affect your ability mm -hmm. to, stay, to stay ahead as long as you continue to innovate. <laughs> Um, and of course, you know, part of the part of the um, part of the part of the strategy around uh, choosing what to publish is really to to make sure that you you know you want to it's it, it's it's also a an, an, a it's almost an act it's it's partly an act of uh, marketing in in a way where you want to like we are we publish I, I I publish because I care about teaching the community things and it all but it also 
you know, it also garners, uh, you know, it gar garners some fame for Clink and for, yeah. you know, the fine people that work there. It gives them something to get excited about and something to, you know, an engineer, an, 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 one of our research engineers at, at Clink who publishes something, it's going to stay on their resume forever. And that's, that's something that's really valuable to yeah. that team. Yeah. Well, then in terms of marketing, yeah. it, in Ann Arbor, we have what I hear is a, a very small pool of talent. So uh, having that marketing and that status of this kind of elevated knowledge and this kind of rapid pace kind of evolution, yeah. how does that help you for recruiting? You know, how, how are you pulling people in because you're between the institution and the private sector and you're growing generally? Just yeah, I mean, lots of hires and lots sure. of new ideas. I mean, there's a bunch of things that kind of intersect there. The, you know, having the... Having the presence at the university, if you will, is, is a pretty is a pretty useful networking tool. And so, mm -hmm. you know, as a research fellow there, I and you know Jason and Lingjar are professors there. They interface with a lot of undergraduates and t like talented undergraduates that are going to be graduating soon. So, yep. of course, you can you know as a as a sort of as a sort of talent pipeline, it's mm -hmm. it's 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 a uh, you know it's fantastic. The the research lab plays into that too. If we you know. Having the best technology is kind of part of having the best technology is part of building a great product and staying ahead of your competitors. But it's also like it is what drives engineers to want to mm -hmm. to want to work there, and, and not just engineers. I mean, if you every, every everybody looks at the tech, everybody you know who looks at it, they look at our technology and they're like, that is just so cool. I want to work there, even if I don't understand whether you understand it or not. Just like oh, it's this it's this really awesome you know. It's this really awesome technology. It's just like I want to be involved with it somehow. And so it's it is this pull that you. Mm -hmm. Having that, having this bleeding edge technology that's in an area that's so you know interesting and hot at the is is really just a, an important pull, um, kind of across the board when it comes to recruiting, mm -hmm. whether it be junior engineers, senior engineers, executive level talent, yeah. anything in between. Yeah. So and then uh, it seems like you guys have a way of showing your work and getting people to have an aha moment pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, right? Like even yeah. just publishing the yeah. paper, um, how, how you're kind of getting clients and how you're even recruiting talent to want to just work in Clink. So can yeah. you describe what the aha moment when you do a demo or like what, what, what sets you guys apart? Yeah, I mean, we have, the, we have a philosophy um, and it's hard to do this in, it's hard to do this in like a re, in an academic paper, mm -hmm. but part of the philosophy we have when it comes to showing off what we do is to show instead of tell. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you, you know, I think a typical kind of sales presentation starts off with like a bunch of slides mm -hmm. where, you're, where, where the salesperson tells you all about how great something is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is just like, you're just one of the other, you're just one of the, one of the rest if you, if, yeah. if, if, if you approach it that way. And, you know, so our approach is actually just to, just to like show show what we've built. So, yeah. you know, d we do demos and the sales. The, the first thing, show it you built. Let the customer try it. Mm -hmm. Like, just be. And you know, there's there, there's a huge risk there, right? Like, one of the things with you know in technology demos, you know, they never. They're, they're it's just a joke in technology. The demos always fail, right? And so, mm -hmm. there's a big risk there. And you know, for the first two years, of, I'm I'm the CTO and the head of engineering at Clink and. You know, our CEO goes in to, to demo, uh, demo our products, and I'm sitting there, you know, chewing my <laughs> fingernails off because he's like, "Let me try this," and he will, you know, our sales team and our, you know, our CEO like he'll do stuff that is, his, he's never tried before. Yeah. I'm sitting there like, <laughs> oh my god! But like, be doing like pushing, th pushing, you know, pushing the technology to the point to the breaking point and showing mm -hmm. off like what it does and what it doesn't. It, yeah. it shows that it's 
real, you know, yeah. and it shows that it, what it can do and shows that it's real. And so that, I think that that kind of that almost like transparency and that just like jumping straight to the straight to the the meat of it really does yeah. a lot for your the, the trust customers have in you and the ability just to like get things jump started quickly. Yeah, and that's where it conversational AI and then what you do like pushing it to the limit. It's on, the product is very nimble, right? It can yeah. interpret in a different way. It can take slang and those sorts of things. So kind of explain a bit about uh, what conversational AI is and what those types of problems with having a conversation with a computer that you're working on overcoming. Yeah, I mean, so the fundamental, one of the really interesting fundamental problems that you're trying to do is you're trying to connect, you're almost trying to connect a, you know, a computer is a system that understands like a particular set of instructions, mm -hmm. right? And you're gonna try to get it to do something for you. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna, you know, if I'm in, you know, if I'm, if, if this is a conversational AI in, you know, banking, I might, I might, I might want to know like, you know, what are the, what are my last five transactions, uh, last, last, like, what were my last five transactions last week or something? Yeah. And you're trying to take that stuff that's there. However I, how, how, however I decide to express that, and mm -hmm. I need to connect that to a, like I need, I need to turn that into something that some particular computer system understands how to interpret and give me back the data that I want, mm -hmm. that I want, right? And it might have to guide me in, in a conversation to get you know, some, information, some more information from me or you know, things like that. And so there's a bunch of problems that need to be solved to actually be able to do that, but you know, one of the, one of the core, a couple of the core problems you know, being able to understand someone however they express themselves. I, people express themselves very, very differently on exactly the same thing. So you can, you can, you know, if you, if, if I go out and try to find, you know, if I try to find different ways that people say, you know, show me my last five transactions that, mm -hmm. from last week, I can, there, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's a million different ways yeah. you, you can say that exact thing. And so being able to handle that is all about, you know, the, the way that we handle that is through, a, a, through a concept called deep learning, which is just it involves training with you know relatively large amounts of data to be able to you know to be able to be resilient to mm -hmm. the variation in the way that people decide to express things. Yeah. And so that's really I think one of so that is one of the sort of kind of core problems that has to be solved to, to make to, to be able to build good experiences. And then you guys are in certain uh, markets right now. FinTech, you're talking about banking yeah. a lot. Yeah. Uh, quick serve. Sounds like a the, quick service restaurants. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what what other kind of realms haven't you touched in yet? But you say a lot of people reach out with excitement. A dentist in, the, in his garage, sort of thing. We like this we can aren't go everywhere. Yet serving dentists in their garages. <laughs> uh, we have a, our, our business focus is yet. Yeah, our business focus is on uh, is on large enterprise. Um, but some of the really uh, exciting areas that we've been uh, that we've been kind of thinking about and talking to. T having conversations mm -hmm. uh, out there in the market are around uh, in in medicine and health. Mm -hmm. um, this this could be things like um, you know kind of like like, like doctor uh, doctor like kind of like doctor patient kind of transcript analysis mm -hmm. as well as being able to um, have doc, doc like have an assistant for a doctor that can actually just like automatically like walk the, walk them through and understand like so if a doctor is describing a set of symptoms mm -hmm. about something. Taking taking that and being able to like being able to document what those are, turn them into a more sort of um, I don't know a more a more standardized way of of, yeah. of documenting them and to be able to actually actually 
you know, just like limit down, limit like like document a set of like possible diagnoses, perhaps. Yeah. And so there's some really cool stuff over in medicine. Uh, another area that we've been engaging in, engaging with is uh, the gaming is in the gaming market. And so there are a number of different use cases here, but uh, we've built some really, uh, really just. I, I'm a gamer. I you know. I think everybody. In, in computer science, that's sort of been through computer science as a gamer at some point or another. But you know, it's super, super cool to see your technology like built into like a Unity demo where mm -hmm. you know it's like you can just instead of you know going if you're if you're trying to buy a buy a, a fire sword from to, to go beat some ice goblin or something, it's like that used to take you. They have to like jog through a bunch of menus, click you know, kind of find the thing mm -hmm. you want, like comparing the different swords you want to mm -hmm. look at or whatever. It just takes, it's, there's so much effort involved. Be able to conversationally do that through, in, in a game, in a, in a game where you can just say like, I need, a, I need, show me your best three fire swords so I can go slaughter this ice goblin. Nice. And like you get three options, give me the second one. Cool, like, we're going, you know, and you, you just, you can, you can, there's, there's more, you know, you, there's more, a lot more gameplay and a lot less, you know, Sitting there having to nerd out on the with a spreadsheet and a bunch of stats about <laughs> swords. Not that I've ever done that or anything, but uh. more fluid in a way. You're exactly. Like, Let's Way get more back fluid. to the game and forget about the index a little bit. Indeed, yeah. Have fun. So. Uh, well, so it sounds like there's a bunch of different markets, which means there's yeah. got to be a lot of different people that have to sort out those markets. So indeed, uh, indeed. Let, let's talk specifically about your headquarters is growing. You're yeah. in, in an incubator space right now. I'm designing your new headquarters in Ann Arbor, uh, or our architecture studio is. And so, Synecdoche Design. Synecdoche Design. I can say it right, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> Will always be the, the other difficult name to say. Um, so, so, you guys are growing really fast, hiring a lot here. So, tell me uh, a little bit about growing in Ann Arbor, why this is a core space that you want to grow in. And then where else are you guys growing? Yeah, I mean, Ann Arbor is our, you know, I, I think the, so we are founded in Ann Arbor, uh, our, our founding team, I think, we, I think the four of us initially met mm -hmm. in Ann Arbor. Um, all of, like, every, you know, our first office is in Ann Arbor. We kind of grew up here. We have ties to the, kind of some, some serious ties to the university. Yeah. Um, and I think, so as a, you know, I've lived here for about five years. I feel like you know, I'm, I'm part of the, you know, I'm part of the community. I love Ann Arbor as a as a city. It's a you know beyond just being a a place with a an absolutely fantastic university, uh, Go Blue, <laughs> and, uh, where you know you have like one of the you have one of the top engineering schools out there. You have you know relatively low cost of living. Mm -hmm. You know you have a great community out there. You have a burgeoning you know tech technology scene, some gr a great entrepreneurial and, and kind of some emerging in investor community mm -hmm. as well out here. And so it's a really fantastic place to be running a high-tech business. Um, you know, on the, on the more practical business side of things, of course, there's the, you know, the university is like a, is, a, is just a talent center mm -hmm. for, you know, engineering and business, you know, the Ross School of Business as well. So you kind of have a talent center for like Every function you could imagine in a in a software company, which is awesome, and that doesn't just that doesn't just mean fresh graduates. You have, mm -hmm. you know, I, I can't remember who I was. I was talking to someone about a week ago, and they, they call it, they call them boomerangs. But it's people who mm -hmm. have a Michigan connection. There are a lot of people that have Michigan connections mm -hmm. either through the university or they used to live here or something like that. And so, having having the having like that 
like the university itself has like this giant network yeah. that really allows you to kind of attract talent back to Ann Arbor mm -hmm. uh, in a lot of cases. So it's just a you know it's just a fantastic place to 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 to, to run a company mm -hmm. in my view. What do you think? I've been noticed. I've had discussions about this kind of recently too yeah. about the university as the main job sector for Ann Arbor creates a very stable city, right? Because the university is not going anywhere. Yeah. And now we have a, a new job sector in tech that's growing up that is very volatile in a way, right? Like the amount, of, yeah. the amount of tech companies that rise or fail, you know, can be all over the place. And so it, it's interesting to see these two markets as job creators in this town. Uh, and then what those kind of employees want in a city and where the city is moving because those types of talent pools are becoming the community. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, um, beyond kind of job making and that um, since you, you've lived here for five years too and you're, you're setting roots, what do you think a city as a whole, like a livable city that hosts these types of markets and you're hiring different kind of generations and talent pools, what, what's left in the city that we need? What, what are we actually lacking? That's a great question. Um, I think, so, I think there, I think Ann Arbor is a, is a pretty great place for the, probably for like, a, for younger people, mm -hmm. like, for, like newly graduated. It's, it's a little bit, uh, I mean, I, and I don't think, I, I'm not, this, this, not, this, not that I have a, a magic wand I can wave and, mm -hmm. and solve this problem, but, um, the you know the cost of living here is is something of a challenge like in the in the in the city itself is something mm -hmm. of a challenge when it comes to um, you know when it comes to attracting I think like f folks with families and folks who want like folks who want more space mm -hmm. um, and so I think of you know and, and you know that that I think is 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 not a, is not unique necessarily to Ann Arbor but mm -hmm. is you know is kind of a challenge with any city and so. Um, I don't, I don't think of, I think of Ann Arbor as like the perfect place, frankly. So I don't have like any, 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 any enormous criticisms of, of, of Ann Arbor. I think, uh, it'd be nice if the parking garages were like twice as tall so we could fit all of our staff <laughs> in one of them. But, uh, other than that, I think, uh, I, I, I think Ann Arbor is a pretty awesome, The awesome density place. and affordable housing. It's a good, it's, when it comes to city, I mean, it's, it's housing relative yeah. to other, other tech centers is extremely affordable, yeah. which is, It you supports know, being able to grow. In it's very important way. for it to be able to grow. Yeah. You know, the, 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 like, there's a, there's not a, it's not too large of a city. Mm -hmm. And so like the, so like the commute is relatively, mm -hmm. is okay if you live, you know, in one of the neighboring communities. Yeah. There's a great restaurant scene with a kind of unique culture there's you know there's there's lots of activities around for you know for like younger folks to yeah. get into younger folks to get into i say that like i'm super old and <laughs> i mean i probably sound a lot older than i actually am <laughs> in this interview but yeah it's very young for anybody just listening and seeing both of us are i mean like there, there's a That's the spirit. There, there's yeah. a young <laughs> entrepreneurship com community i think just in in yeah. arbor in general that really yeah. kind of supports uh, a lot of these these kind of markets. So. Yeah, I mean the we we were fortunate not to be the first entrepreneurs in Ann Arbor. Mm -hmm. um, so we uh, we had some great mentors in other entrepreneurs. Um, you know, the folks at Trove and Nutshell were some mm -hmm. have been some really influential mentors. Um, it did a lot for us in our early you know in our early days where you know 
you know, when you start a company with four people mm-hmm. and no money, you're just like, you're just a bum, you know, you have nothing, right? You have like, we have an idea and nothing, we have an idea, right? Yes. And that, that's all you have. Um, and we were fortunate enough to have, have, some, have some connections to be able to, you know, we, we, got, some, we got some office space just out of the, out of the kindness of, yeah. of people's hearts and out of a, out of a you know, desire to like see the, see the entrepreneur and the tech community, communities grow and so, and gotten some good advice uh, along the way and pointed in the right direction in, in a lot of places mm-hmm. by those, by, by, the, by, the, by the other folks in the community here. And, you know, I don't, it would have been a lot, not saying we couldn't have done it, but it would have been a lot rockier if we didn't have those, yeah. those influences around. Do you, do you think that's uh, specific to Ann Arbor, but in terms of kind of tech markets, do you think that's, you know, the Bay Area, Silicon Valley? Is, is that the kind of culture there as well, or do you think that's uh, kind of a unique here? I Well, I haven't lived that many places, yeah. so I'm not sure. But, you know, I, I've, been, I've, I've spent a lot of time in the Bay Area, and I don't think the culture, the, the culture there is quite a bit different. I think it's quite a bit more, um, it's quite a bit more cutthroat. It's quite a bit more the case that I, I, people, people don't, I, when I, I'm creating, uh, we're creating a company here. I'm creating, I care about, you know, creating jobs for in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. I could care about, you know, doing something good for the people in this community and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, doing what I can to, to bring vitality to Ann Arbor. I think in the Bay Area, there's more of a, there's more of a, um, how to say this without, uh, <laughs> uh, there's, there's more of a, there's more of a, it's more, the, the entrepreneur community is more self-centered uh, mm-hmm. in a way where, you know, everybody's got their startup, the, like, my, when I, my, 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 my team and my employees, I care, you know, I, I, I care about their futures and I want them to succeed. And, you know, I think they, that, that's, that's reciprocated. And, you know, in, in the Bay Area, you see, it's just like, you know, people will just, yeah. someone comes along with an offer that's 5% higher, they'll just drop you and go yeah. to the next company. And they kind of, people just do that all the yeah. time. And so it's, it's a very, it's, it has a very different feel in a lot of the sort of really, really matured and, uh, old school kind of yeah. tech centers. And I'm glad Ann Arbor's not that way. Uh, you know, maybe it'll become that way someday if we really make, everyone makes it really big. And I think it would be, a, it, would be it would be great in a way because I think we would be, there's something to celebrate in success, but it would probably be, a, it would be a shame if it evolved into that. Yeah. Sure. So let's talk about going from four founders, no money, a support <laughs> system, to where you are now, you've just completed series B. Yeah. And yes. I think it's the most raised for conversational AI ever. Is that correct? right? This is what I've wow. read. Wow, that's cool. So, Phil, I feel like, no? Phil's words, not yours? Okay. <laughs> I, I read it a few places. I'm like, cheer, cheers to, to Clink. So yeah. you guys, have, that's, it's a super exciting time, right? Like you're, yeah. you've now uh, got the momentum and excitement behind you to say, this this looks like a success, right? Yeah. So where do you go now that you've got kind of that momentum? Yeah, I mean, I think the, so I, I guess I interpret the fundraising, I, I guess I interpret it a little bit differently from mm-hmm. maybe from the outside, it seems like, oh man, they've made it or something. Uh, I think it's more really like the, you're, you're gonna, Someone you believes, could. yeah, yeah we could believes. make it. Yeah, that's, that's, that <laughs> yep. was gonna be my uh, yep. <laughs> my take on the whole thing. But really, I mean, we're what what that, what that capital is meant to do is really to help scale scale mm-hmm. the company ahead of 
ahead of revenue, essentially, mm -hmm. right? Where you need to you need to expand and you need to expand your operations both in various ways. It'd be mm -hmm. at sales, engineering, and all of the above. Um, you know, before you can actually get product into market, you can actually sell product, right? Basic fundamentals of business. Basic fundamentals of business. Spend money to make money. You gotta spend money to make money. <laughs> and so, you know, the the journey of raising money is a really interesting one. We we we've done three fundraising rounds, so um, there, you know, the way this the way the fundraising rounds are named are mm -hmm. the first one's called a seed series, and then you have a series A, then a series B. And then it just continues with letters. <laughs> I think I've heard of series H, uh, you know, just yeah. in some in some rare cases. Because so you can, it can continue, you know, uh, it can continue beyond uh, mm -hmm. beyond like B, C, D, um, and you know. So we raised we raised our seed, seed series the first round uh, from a from a local company, um, um, Michigan E Lab, mm -hmm. uh, and those those guys are fantastic. Uh, they you know they. They took a risk on on us, like when we. How had, big were you then? Was it just the four of you? It was just four people. Yeah. So we had, you know, we had an idea and a dream, and mm -hmm. uh, and that's it. Yeah. And so I mean, the, the risk there is is immense, right? I mean, yeah. there's there's no there's like absolutely no evidence that we could do any of the stuff that we're doing now. You know, did you, did which you is even really know fun. what a what product you were planning on outputting before you raised that money, or you just had kind of we this did paper have, and we, some we, tech? we knew what product we were gonna output, and we were completely, I wanna say, I don't wanna say completely wrong, but uh, it's not the same product, it's not our main product yeah. now. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, you have this, you know, it, what we originally wanted to do was build a, just a, you think about a point solution, a conversational AI for retail banking. That was mm -hmm. the first product we wanted to build. Mm -hmm. And we, we did, we, we, we built it. And we quickly, after releasing that product about a year into Clink's life, we kind of quickly learned that while that was a pretty, it's pretty, it's, it's definitely useful and interesting to customers. All of our customers looked at it and they said, that's a really good starting point, but I have this roadmap of four more years, eight more years of additional stuff that I want to do in, in conversational AI. Mm -hmm. How can you help me do it? And so, that sort of that led us to to say you know we, we actually need to build a a a tool a platform that lets you configure mm -hmm. how you, lets you build your own conversational mm -hmm. AI and so you know our customers now can take can, can they 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 buy our software they can go they can go take that software tool and go build conversational AI mm -hmm. they can go build whatever they want with it right because you can like put your own data in. You put your own so data in. So then the put market your, you is as wide as the data can exactly. sort itself out. Exactly. That seems. And so, so we did that. Uh, mm -hmm. We did that seed series with uh, Michigan eLab. Then we we did a Series A in the uh, in early 2017 with Drive Capital, there uh, a firm located in Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. There's some. They're basically some Silicon Valley rock stars that decided to go, you know, take over the Midwest in terms of venture capital and their nice. their their, their, I mean, their advice and and uh, insights to, into like all aspects of running a business are, have just been absolutely tremendous. Um, so along with money, you also get coaching. Oh, way, absolutely. Right? I mean, I think like, that's I think that that's often uh, it's often something that pe like people you know the news in the news yeah. story it's you know it's X, it's 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 millions of dollars that yeah. doesn't really talk like what you're one of the real values that you're getting is that partnership. Yep. And so, you know. 
they, you know, people say that it's actually it's like a marriage mm -hmm. uh, where when you're getting into a, a business partnership with with venture capitalists. I think it's probably even it's even I want to say worse. Uh, I was going to say worse. My wife would kill me. <laughs> uh, it's even more serious than that. It's mm -hmm. it's you know you're 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 co-owning a business with someone that you you know you're you've been you've met yeah. for a couple of months and it's going to last for a long time and there's not like there's no way out of it right yeah. so you. And you're gonna be you're gonna be working on and focused on the same solving the same problems and there's gonna be some like running a business is not easy there are challenges mm -hmm. and it's gonna get rocky at times and like you guys you have to you have to be able to get through that with them and so having the and so part of what you're getting there is like you're getting a partner mm -hmm. to help you problem solve and you know if you, if your partner if the partner that you're getting as 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 an inexperienced entrepreneur if the partner we're getting has great networks has seen this has seen Things in our in our you know in in enterprise software or in whatever in whatever related areas, or whatever areas related to Clink, yeah. that's it, those are insights and those are networks and those are experiences that can that they can bring to the table yeah. uh, and help you know help us build our dream right yeah. and so that's a that is almost more, I think that's more important than the than yeah the, the just the, the knowledge value exactly and, well, and I mean yeah and, and just like, and, and you know you, you're, and... it's like someone you could, I, I could imagine just having you know. A, a a person who's you know a person who's who's been involved in building you know mm -hmm. twenty other businesses that they they've done it twenty times yep. and, and it, the thing you're trying to do you can pick pick up the phone and call them anytime now yeah like that's that's where the real value is absolutely yeah. so and then who's your Series B like a, as your last round of partners and value you know that you're, yeah. you're now kind of connected with so we raised our, our Series B was led by Insight Venture Partners they're a firm out in New York they're like I think they're a, you know, they're like a, there's one of these, they're, 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 a, they're a big time like growth firm. So they're, they really have experience scaling mm -hmm. companies and software companies. And so, you know, I'm really excited to, or we're really excited to be working with, with them now. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it, it's, it's, I think that's one of those kind of insights as a novice that I work with tech companies to help you find a space and figure out how you work. But the work that you specifically mm -hmm. do isn't typically in the conversational wheelhouses of a kind of client uh, yeah. conversation. So yeah. uh, unpacking that, right, that especially as four academics kind of starting out, how do you run a business? <laughs> you know, how, how do you make this tech business work? And building those partnerships, I think, is a huge asset to finding that success. Absolutely true. Um, I mean, I, and I wish I knew how to do it still today. And I mean, <laughs> I mean, I honestly, it's, you know, Every single day, you learn something new. You run into a new challenge. I've never seen any of it before. Maybe the next time, yeah. if, it, if I do it again, maybe I'll have seen some some of this stuff before and be able to look back on my on previous experience and have solutions to to, to problems. But you know, today and you know, it, it's it's pick up the phone. It's you know, mm -hmm. talk to the other. There's there, you know, talk to some of the other entrepreneurs in, in, in Ann Arbor. Or, you know, it's leverage your network and try to. Leverage the smart people around you, and there are lots of smart people around, uh, mm -hmm. you know, to to try to solve problems. Well, it sounds like you're having fun now, and you're still in like er earlier stages of Clink. Yeah. So, this might be premature, but would you do it again? Like, does this feel like the type of work that's valuable and worth kind of repeating and doing this type of startup? Definitely. And yeah. I mean, I think it's really. It's very, very interesting. Um, there's never a dull day, uh, which I mean, if days, if your days are dull, I don't know. It's I feel like you're not you're you're not growing, and you're probably missing out on opportunities to you're missing out on opportunities to flourish. Um, 
So I would definitely do it again. I would, you know, if, if Clink kind of, if Clink just like disappeared today, mm -hmm. would I start another company tomorrow? And I might take a little bit of time off, maybe, you know, five, six years. No, I'm just kidding. Like maybe, <laughs> you know, I, like my hair, I, literally this company has started turning my hair gray. Mm -hmm. um, one of my, one of my co-founders is in his 20s. He's going bald. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it has, it has, a, it takes a physical toll. It's a lot, it's a lot of work and a lot of stress, but it's fun and like nothing worth, uh, nothing mm -hmm. worth doing is easy. So yeah. Definitely would do it again. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Are we out I of think, time here? I think we're close-ish. So um, oh, I, I, I'll try to wrap up in my first interview ever setting. It's been awesome, <laughs> it's by the way. This has been a great interview. It's, it's been really great and really fascinating to get a, a deeper dive into Clink. And yeah. I, I absolutely appreciate your enthusiasm and kind of background between kind of all your navigation of the entire yeah. process so far. So looking forward to where Clink goes, looking forward to getting you guys into the new space and hopefully growing out of it actually pretty quickly maybe. I'm, um, so, I'm so excited for the new space and I know you, you guys you guys are doing fantastic work thanks. so far. Um, it's, yeah, having, being able to, you know, design, help, help influence the design of our, of our own building is like, it feels like you, you know, it, that, that's kind of like, that's kind of like a symbol that makes me feel like we've made it almost, you know. You've, you've got a place to point to and say, that's the clink, that's, that's the clink place. place. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and you've yeah. got your own building and you can, you know, in a way that, uh, it's really a statement, I think, you know, and uh, the, having the built environment kind of put up flags to say, these are the uh, companies or this is the type of culture that's happening yeah. in Arbor, so we're really excited to just be a part of that with you guys. Yeah, so. me too.